The Marijuana Solution would like to remind you to check out our sponsors after the podcast. We're going to have links to them in the description. Our sponsors are TrueLeave, Sunshine Cannabis, The Smart Collective, Minorities for Medical Marijuana, and We Are Rare. Don't forget to check out those links in the description. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a review. We're Florida's first licensed medical cannabis dispensary with locations all throughout Florida, and we deliver all throughout Florida next day. We have the largest selection of products within the allowable delivery methods. Truly products are hand-grown in an environment that keeps it as natural as possible at every turn. We don't use pesticides and we lab test our products and those lab tests are published on our website. So you can be confident at the medication that you're putting into your body. Our favorite products are our vaporization lines, our True Pod, our True Clear is a patient favorite, and we also just recently launched True Flower for patients that want the full entourage effect. At TrueLeaf, we're really proud to offer the largest variety to patients, and we're really excited about the future and all of our patients that are helping us expand and grow and make our products even better. Visit our website at www.trueleave.com to find out where all of our dispensaries are located, shop online, learn more about our products, or find a doctor if you haven't gotten started in the medical cannabis process. Hello everyone, you're listening to The Marijuana Solution, and I'm your host, Robert Roundtree. In this 70th episode, we're speaking with Gage Amsler. He is coming back for the second time. He is a former combat medic, served in Iraq, served in Afghanistan, and managed to walk up into the Hindu Kush Valley and find some plants and smuggle some seeds back to the U.S. And he's kept them there and he's kept the genetics going and we're going to talk to him about it today. How are you doing today, Gage? Yeah, I'm over at my girlfriend's um, mom's uh, parents' house right now. We're spending the holidays with them, so we're just been hanging out all day. So I definitely have time to talk. It <laughs> definitely uh, pulled me away for a minute. It's nice. Um, but yeah, just same thing, man, just trying to get Ready? I'm already ready for the holidays. I'm already getting through it okay. It's no big deal. But, um, but yeah, man, I mean, I've got some friends in Florida. I go down there and visit one. Where in Florida are you at, anyway? Uh, I live in Gainesville. Okay. All right. How far is that? Is that South Florida? No, it's North Florida. It's about, okay. I don't know, maybe an hour and 20 minutes from the Georgia border off of oh. I-75, about two hours north of Orlando. Oh, okay. All right. So you're, are you, are you like in the middle then of Florida or are you by near the coast? We're smack dab in the middle. All right. All right. Yeah. The closest I've been to you probably has been probably maybe either between Hollywood or Orlando. So definitely love it. Florida is not my favorite place in the middle of summer though. I grew up in San Diego. So, um, you know, I, I love the heat, man. I, I love surfing and shit like that. Um, I miss that for sure. But, uh, I moved to Michigan in 94 after the military and uh, it was a pain in the butt. <laughs> I'm still not used to the weather, man. It's insane. It's like the lake effect on the weather is just killer, man, sometimes. So, but, uh, yeah, I wanted to say again, congratulations on almost 70 episodes. I think that's awesome. I definitely think your dedication, your commitment, you know, the things that you posted, um, you know, it's been I went through all your, your stuff today and just, uh, you know, see what you're doing and, and how you're promoting things and stuff. And it's really nice to see how you're, you're really supporting not just your yourself and what you're doing with the episodes, but the community uh, in general. You've got a decent outreach. You know, I love the toys thing uh, for kids and, and all that. So, you know, I just I, I think that's awesome, man. I think it's, it's 
it's people like you that, you know, that, that really, you know, that really do make a difference. You know, I, I don't get celebrity struck. I don't get struck. You know, I don't, I don't give a shit about athletes or anything else like that. I, I care about people that actually make a difference for other people. And, and that's really what, 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 what I like, you know, I did this interview once with, um, with, uh, when I was talking to high times, I was talking to Malcolm McKinnon and we were doing an interview and, you know, he asked me, he says, you know, what, who, what type of heroes do you have? You know, like who, who do you consider a hero? And I said, honestly, it's, it's, it's these underground growers and these, these breeders who have been breeding and growing this stuff for, for decades, always knowing that it's the right thing to do and, and doing it for the right reasons and stuff. And I've always thought that's, that to me, that's what a hero is about. It's really, you know, really do it, even going against laws and everything else. It's the moral aspect of it, you know, and, and, and really what, you know, how ethical it has been to, to, to continue these, these, um, you know, these strains and this breeding and, and giving it out and, and still training, letting people know, like, this is what they want to call medicine or what, man. I mean, it's, you know, they've been doing it for the right reasons. So for me, that's, that's what I look for, look, look up to. And so, you know, so I just want to say thank you for doing everything you've been doing, man. I think it's been awesome. Wow. Thank you so much for that compliment. I really appreciate it. And, oh yeah, and, and you're spot on about the, you know, the black market underground breeders and growers and, you know, people that were distributing the seed and traveling the world, you know, sometimes under threat of execution, depending on what country you land in. Uh, if, if it wasn't for them, you know, we, we wouldn't even have this movement. We wouldn't have had uh, legalization come. So, yeah, I think I've never thought of them as heroes i've always thought of them as like crusaders you know and when warriors out on the front lines but you put it into a new perspective for me and they're definitely people i look up to um it, it takes yeah. a special person to do that knowing that you're doing the right thing despite all the repercussions that you know could have happened before we saw legalization come that's what I did. That's kind of where the, the, the route that I took, man, because, you know, it's a cool stuff. I mean, the story that I have, what I put in my book, I actually wrote a novel, dude. I wrote over 150,000 words, but I had a guy asked, uh, I got a ghostwriter to help me out a real famous, some famous actress that, um, that owns a, um, um, a ghostwriting to, uh, a company. And she contacted me because I put it out there online. I said, Hey, I'm looking for, you know, someone to help me write. I'm, I can write, I can write like crazy, but I just, you know, but my comprehension is not as great. I have no idea where to put a period or a comma sometimes, but it was really helpful that, that they helped me out with that. And, um, and, uh, for me, it was, uh, you know, one of the things she asked was, was, you know, when you, when you did what you did, you know, because again, you know, just cause it's a law doesn't mean it's a moral law. Right. And we, we, we both understand that. And for me, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, I knew how to grow. I knew the thing about, about it is medicine and everything. Um, you know, my mom used to smoke. I used to give her a hard time when I was a kid, uh, and growing up and shit. And once I realized the truth, man, that like, that hit me hard. I was like, Oh my God, you know, I, I even ridiculed my mom for doing it when she was doing it for, for medicine as well. And, you know, she had a stressful life and shit. So, um, so when I found this stuff and, and, and I made this discovery accidentally, you know, uh, I didn't put everything in the book, you know, we, we cut it down to just a small book. She's like, Oh, it's in the cannabis community. You might want to keep it smaller, easier to, you know, distribute, easier to help market, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, I cut it down, but there's a lot of stuff I didn't put in the book about what I did, how I, you know, you know, the, 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 what, you know, going through, uh, what I went through as far as, cause when I made the discovery and I realized, you know, that I shouldn't, you know, the statistics of where we were at accidentally and what I found, it wasn't a, it wasn't a field of cannabis, dude. It was up at 8,000 feet 
in the fucking Kush, southern Kush Mountains, you know, right on the border of Pakistan and Afghanistan, right at the mouth of the Taliban Trail. And and when I found it, we realized, you know, I realized that, man, this is this is this is huge. You know, this this is amazing. They were dropping seeds. It was the second week of November 2012, and we were they were dropping seeds. And I thought, man, you know, if I can get this back, you know, and knowing, you know, that there's a possibility of, you know, curing cancer or curing some other disease or helping somebody out, you know, I knew that that's what the benefit was. It wasn't about trying to discover something and make money off of it because I haven't at all. In fact, that's the opposite of what my goal is. And so I risked everything. I risked, I mean, and the story of how I brought him back, I left that out of the book too, but I risked everything. You know, I went through not only bringing sneaking it all on base, but then, um, but then, you know, it's whole hiding it on base, hiding it in my hooch, and then you know, trying to find a way to get it through Kabul, through Dubai, through fucking the United States, you know, because we landed in Atlanta and then into Detroit. And I carried it on my person the whole way when I brought these seeds back here. I didn't put that in the book, you know, and, but I also didn't put in the book of, you know, the true reason of why I did it was because, um, just like you said, you know, it, it's just doing the right thing and doing it for the right moral reasons, you know. And ever since I've been back, I wrote this book, you know, um, you know, I got my, you know, I got my business degree, uh, you know, um, did it all online because I, I was the only guy I knew to carry college books in fucking war. And, um, and, and, but if you look up and anytime I go get a, do a, a job, and I knew what I was, the risk I was taking, but I, by writing this book, by putting my story out, but I did it because again, I wanted to be part of that movement. I wanted to, to be that one of those people says, yeah, this is for the right reasons. I mean, being a paramedic for so long, being a firefighter, working for the department of state, being a you know, military medic, you know, I thought, you know, I, I'm smart enough and I have the right background that, that people will listen. And it has, I've spoken in many, many conferences. I spoke, I've spoken at high times four times now and, and just, you know, letting them know what, what it does for veterans and what it does for people and this and that. And people are listening, but I wrote the book and I put it out there and, you know, all you got to do is Google my name and it all comes up. So for me, I can, I can barely get a job. Because you Google, I mean, every job interview you go to or they want to hire you, they're going to Google your name or look you up online. And that's what pops up, you know, is all that shit. And it's like, who wants to hire me? You know, so, so, but I, but I knew that was coming, but I still did it for the right reasons. So again, I wasn't doing it to try to, you know, to, to push myself and to make money or do this. Or do that. I was doing it for the moral reasons, because that's really what I have is that moral compass, you know, and, and so that's why I was doing it for the right reasons. And, but in the same sense, I was also destroying my future, you know, and destroying my ability to get a good, a decent job, you know, a good job working, you know, in, a, in, in business management or whatever because of, of what I did. So there's pros and cons to it, man. But doing it for the right reasons and doing it for what makes me feel good is, is, is really been a, a, a huge, um, you know, it's, it's, it's made me happy. For doing for for doing that, so but it's it's insane, man. It's it the, the route that it's been going since I've been home. Um, I'm actually in the works of writing a second book. So, but I want to get ahead. I know you've probably got questions, or there's some things you want to talk to me about. So, um, no, man, it's you know, what, it's it's all good. You're you're um, getting a lot of information out there on on stuff I, I would have asked. Um, and I, I guess you know we'll go into something that I was going to ask anyways and that is uh, were you planning on you know further pursuing the writing yeah it's it's um it's been great i mean ever since i've been home you know it's been a hell of a journey because the book really ends the first book really ends at landing in detroit you know like you know just getting out getting leaving afghanistan 
I mean, even what's even crazy in the book, in the, what's not even in the book is that, you know, even in, when I left Afghanistan, literally an hour after I left, my, when the helo left my, my, my base, um, uh, a huge fucking firefight broke out. A whole bunch of people were killed, including officers and shit, which was never put in the paper, was never put out. And, um, but that's kind of where it ends is me just leaving the base. You know, how did I get the seeds back? What did I go through? And what's, what have I been going through since I've been home? You know, and, and what's been, and so for me, since it's taken me a few years, you know, what I did was I took, uh, and I, and I won't say how many, how many seeds I brought back, but I brought it back enough. That's for sure. That, um, that I, uh, I ended up, uh, kind of, I, I went through the whole PTS thing too, man. And I isolated myself out in the middle of nowhere. I went through a divorce I went out in the middle of the woods and nowhere in Michigan, in the thumb of Michigan, and had a tiny little, you know, nice little spot. And I grew enough of these seeds over a, almost a two-year period um, to select certain males and certain females. And then I made, and because I knew, like, I needed to do some, I needed to make more seeds. So I made, so I, I threw through that selection of about 200 plants I grew, 200, 200 plants I grew over that time period and carefully selected just the right females and, 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 and couple males. And I made a shitless of F2s. Um, and then, okay, what am I going to do with these? So then after, you know, and again, you know, with my background, it's like, you know, and, and not being in the cannabis scene or anything else and just being brand new, even with the book and everything, people were so skeptical of who I was. Nobody wanted to really give me the time of day. No, everybody was afraid. Cause you know how it is, all these underground guys, you know, and shit or people, we're so afraid to talk to me. So finally, after getting into a, uh, talking to a few people, really getting into it, people started to trust me. I finally got into a website called Z Labs. It's actually Z Labs, and um, and I, it's like an underground grower breeder kind of thing as well, uh, run by someone uh, not too far from Michigan. And I got into this, and I started talking to people and different breeders and stuff, and just putting as much information out there as I could. Uh, cause I kept telling people what I want is I'm not here again. I'm not here to make, make, um, make money on this. I'm here to develop the strain and to put out the first, I mean, cause dude, I mean, it's historic. I mean, I mean, I, not only that, but when I, when I found this shit, um, I took pictures of it. The day I found these plants, I in, in Afghanistan, I, I brought them back to my hooch. I put them on the floor. I took pictures of everything because I knew what I had and I had to document it. So as far as I know, I'm the only person in history that actually has documented proof of bringing back seeds from Afghanistan. And again, it wasn't some giant crop in the middle of nowhere. It was up at 8,000 feet with just a few, it was about 13 or 14 tiny little, maybe a foot and a half tall fucking plants, you know, and that was it. And so for me, yeah, I mean, it, so I mean, it really was an accidental discovery. Somebody was growing it up there and, and the tribe that was up there in the, in the Sarhousa district in the Patika province, um, you know, knowing what they do up there and the, you can't grow shit. I mean, you, I don't know if you've been to Afghanistan, but you can't grow shit up there hardly, man. I mean, it's, it's all rock and hard dirt and shit. So for them, someone to be growing up there and curing it and or not curing it, but growing it and, and, and doing it the right way. I knew that they were, it was up there for a reason. Okay. And so, um, and I even left when I took the, the plants, I left a couple plants left, but I also took a mat. I had an extra medic bag completely full of shit. I left it there. I took it out of out of my rig or out of our our uh, truck and I and I left it there as a fucking thank you because I took some of their plants and I'm like yeah, I've got to leave this bag here because it's it's just medicine for medicine you know and that's why I left it there and you know after bringing it back and making these F2s um 
uh, and I'm getting a hold of these guys. I finally started distributing these FQs out. So now I have all these underground growers and breeders all over, not just Michigan, but outside too. I've got a couple in Canada that, are, that have been growing these FQs now for about a year. And what we're doing is we're on this the Z Labs website um, and this forum, we're talking to each other and they're doing grow journals and they're documenting all this shit and everything and doing it the right way and actually growing these F2s out and sharing the information and what they have. And then, um, and then hopefully I'm, I'm going to start growing my, I'm starting to get my grow again and I'll start developing, growing the F1s. And then I'm going to have a lot of these guys sending pollen and stuff back to me to start developing the back breeding the F2s with the F1s. And, and I've started developing a strain and have the very first Sarhausa Afghan land race strain, pure F land race, not mixing with anything. And then, and that'll be the first land race Afghan strain for PTS and related symptoms that I'm doing. Because when I first did these and I had them tested, um, I actually flew to Boston and had, and had, there was a lab out there that I really trusted and wanted to test out there. So I took, took them out there. Um, and had them tested. And I don't know if you know the story. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of Haley's Hope, but I read, I actually met the guy and then I read his story after meeting him, come to find out that, you know, kind of like the whole Charlotte's Web, you know, had someone that, you know, that had all these seizures, wanted to help him. Uh, I think it was a family member. And so he did was this guy went all over the world trying to find um, the, 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 the highest one-to-one ratio strain that he could find. Okay. The highest CBD one-to-one ratio that he could find. And the highest he could find was a 6% one-to-one. Okay, he start, He took that strain, and then years later, he developed it into this Haley and this Haley's Hope strain. It's very, very high CBD strain. Um, these Afghan land race, I, I took the, them out. I took four of them out there, had them tested, and the highest I had at a one-to-one ratio was just under six percent. So imagine that a pure Afghan land race strain with today's genetics, genetic strength, the strength of today. Okay. Um, and when I grew them, I, I grew them out, a lot of them outdoors. And I mean, the pest resistance, the mold resistance is fucking through the roof. So you could take some, it's not just the, just the, 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 the medicine in it, but it's also the genetics. You can take something like, you know, these, this short stout, one of the short stout strains, you know, um, you know, Sarhausa strain that I have and mix it with like, say, Gorilla Glue 4, which is real stretchy, right? You mix those together. Now you, now you just fucking, you know, made it shorter, stoutier with thicker buds. You know, so and with that's more mold resistant, more pest resistant. So again, it's not just the the medicines, the, the genetics as well. So I've talked to a lot of, um, I've talked to a few a few botanists, anything about this, and it's it's been amazing what they've been telling me. So that's where I'm at right now. Is I'm I've been writing the book, writing about the second book about what I'm what I've gone through since I've been home. Um, in fact, after after growing those for a couple of years, I actually um, um, I lost my job. And I was actually homeless for a year, homeless for a year with these fucking seeds in my pocket. Literally, I was living, I was living at, a, at a friend's house for a year, trying to get back on my feet. I couldn't get a job because, you know, again, you Google my name with the book and all that. And it's like, oh, this guy's a fucking in, in the cannabis industry and this and that. Nobody's going to hire me, not in a regular job, you know, so I couldn't get a job for a year. And it was horrible. I was living on state aid the whole nine yards. And finally I was able to just get a small time part, you know, job that I can build myself up with. But, but then after that happened, then I started getting these F2s out, getting people growing them. And now we're starting to develop them. We've actually had uh, a Sarhausa with another Sarhausa F2. So now we're developing these F2s and getting them out there and doing it the right way and not trying to hoard it for myself and say, Oh, I'm going to do this and make a shitload of money. I don't know. It's getting the medicine out there letting people grow it, doing it the right way, sharing the knowledge, sharing the information, 
and saying, how can we develop this, this land, this brand? Because it's a brand new Afghan lineage. And not only that, but um, not too long ago, a few weeks ago, I'm sure you've heard of Phylos in Oregon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I sent, uh, we actually took uh, the, uh, uh, some DNA, uh, we sent DNA into the Phylos uh, of the F1s. And, um, and, and this is weird and maybe you might, this is, this might click something, I don't know, but, um, so we sent everything in and after, you know, about four weeks or so, um, they contacted us, uh, me and the guy that was, that I was growing these with and said that, um, that, that what it said, what they said was that, um, that the, the test, um, uh, didn't match their QC threshold or the quality, quality control threshold. And so they re- need to retest them. So just last week, we said, okay, we need to talk to a representative from you and have you explain this to us in fucking in crayon. And so we actually, this girl called us, she was a representative of them. And I and, and just said the same thing. Hey, I'm not a lab tech, but they just said that it, it didn't match the QC threshold or something happened with their QC threshold. And I said, well, how often does this happen since you guys been in business? She's like, never. I'm like, so you're telling me that just out of nowhere, these, this Afghan land race strain because uh, they know what it is, it, all of a sudden now it doesn't match your QC threshold. I mean, doesn't that, isn't that a little weird? And she's like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. It's never happened to us before, but they're retesting it for free. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm wondering, is this something that where that, where they, that there's nothing like this in their database at all, and so they need to retest it again? You know, but she couldn't answer that. So I'm wondering what the fuck's going on, right? So that's, that's where I'm at right now. But we're waiting for the DNA uh, results to come back from Philos. So we really have an idea of, you know, what is the lineage of the, of these, of this plant? Because if, if that's the case and this really is a brand new lineage, then this is a, we're starting a brand new lineage of Afghan, you know, that, that hasn't happened in a very, very long time. So it's kind of exciting, you know, it's kind of exciting news in, in, in doing that, but that's kind of what the second book is about is what I've gone through, how hard it's been to, to get into work, how hard it's been to, uh, to get people to trust me, uh, to finally get these developed, to start working together as a, as a collaboration of growers and breeders, of underground growers and breeders to put this shit together and say, hey, let's help develop this new strain. And once we do, then, because um, I'm working with uh, a group called Ninefold Genetics right now, and they're helping me do this. And so once we get that out, then we can actually slap an, an, a secondary name on it. And it's like it's a Sarhausa, you know, um, land race strain, uh, and then call it something else to give it in, in – uh, and I have a buddy who it was in my first book that that died, and so I kind of put want to put in his his name to you know for PTSD and related symptoms. So this will be the very first of its kind, and that's kind of where I want the book to go. Is this strain was finally developed with the, the with the help of the of the of the community and doing this, and so that's really what I'm trying to do right now. Is is and we're right now we're very very close. I'd say we're less than a year away of making this happen, and so it's fucking exciting, man. Yeah, that's really exciting. Um, Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads and get premier brand exposure. This is your opportunity. NCIA's Cannabis Caucus are coming this month to San Francisco, Los Angeles, Denver, Lansing, Michigan, and Philadelphia. Register today using promo code CannabisRadio20 to take 20% off at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? 
Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout north america and ask for the original fabric container find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com educate empower and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry join thousands of industry professionals on august 3rd and 4th in miami florida for the return of the u.s cannabis conference and expo register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com that's usccexpo.com can you um for the marijuana solution listeners just like really quick describe um for those that didn't listen to the first episode describe um the experience of finding the plants because you mentioned earlier it's just you know few plants and not like a big field of it or anything oh no it's it's a cool story man it, it's um like i said when when i was in i worked i went um i went to uh, uh iraq first i was in iraq for four years and after four years of being a, a medic you know working under secret security clearance for the department of state and department of defense you know because i worked with a company called triple canopy which is like Blackwater and all that shit and um and after four years i was my PTS is already going through the roof, you know, because I, I was a firefighter, as a professional firefighter for five years before I went over. I've been an advanced paramedic in cardiac and trauma and pediatrics for the last 15 years. And so, um, so my PTS is like really just in, in high gear. And so, uh, and that was, and I came home around 2008, 2009, and that's when Michigan went legal for, uh, for uh, medicinal. So, um, so I had a friend of a friend that, that told me all about it, you know, and, and that you can grow this medicine. I ended up uh, diving into it, and I dove into growing cannabis. And once I did, and, 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 and doing the research on it and learning the right way, learning the history of what cannabis really is, what, what you know, because I don't, I don't call it marijuana, I call it cannabis. But, uh, but with that, with that, with that, and, and, doing, uh, and learning all about cannabis and learning about the history and learning about how it was stolen from us, um, by the government and big corp and all that shit. And once I learned the truth, I was pissed. I was angry, but I also learned a lot. And so then, but then, you know, I tried to do some other things, um, you know, try to start a business, all that. It fell through. I ended up going back to Afghanistan uh, for another three years. Um, and then, um, and then, like I said, and, and then of course, you know, being on a team and telling my buddies, you know, oh, this is about cannabis and what it's going to do and this and that's and the future of, of our, of our planet and, you know, and, and getting people on board with it was pretty cool. Well, then, one day we're up, uh, you know, we're working, we're just a four man team, um, you know, working for this, uh, for this, co- uh, contracting company. And we were doing, um, we were supporting, uh, you, uh, the USACE, the Army Corps of Engineers to help build small forward operating bases at the mouth of the Taliban trail, right at, right on the border of Pakistan, Afghanistan, to help build these small forward operating bases to help, for the, um, Afghan National Army to build a defense to, to, to start keeping that shit from happening, going back and forth. And so we were helping, we were supporting them. And one day, uh, you know, like I said, November, 2012, um, we were off, we were off grid. We were trying to find a new spot where we were going to build a new uh, operating base and we were off grid a little bit. And, um, and it was actually my team lead, Mike, who ended up coming across them. 
uh, and said, you know, call me on the radio. Says, hey, Gage, you, you know, you got to come up here and see what I'm looking at. And I went up there, and, and I could smell it before I could see it, but there was a little bit of dusting on the ground of, of snow. Um, and I saw these plants, and I was like, holy shit, these are not supposed to be here. These are not supposed to be growing here. And I'm standing on this Afghan mountain at about 6.30 in the morning, you know, clear skies, sun's coming up, and it was like a, like a Titanic moment, you know, just that, like, epiphany, you know, and it hit me. I was like, holy shit. So I went through everything I could. I grabbed, I pulled them out of the ground um, and snuck them back on base and spent the next two weeks pulling seeds out with tweezers on the cold-ass floor, um, you know, and, and documenting it. Well, I took the females and went and hit them somewhere in a paper bag. So then months, a bunch of months later, you know, um, you know, it was just, it was just the three of us. There's three guys. The guy got sent out. He got hurt. It was just the three of us, and there's like about four feet of snow on the ground. Um, we've all been going doing this for seven, eight, ten years, just haggard, watching our kids and our family grow up on Skype and through email and shit and, and going through divorce and going through this and that and just being haggard and hurting. Um, bodies are beat up, you know, just, I mean, you know, it just, it was hard. And one day my team lead just said, you know what, man, where are those, you know, where are those females at? And we said, fuck it, man, let's do it. Let's smoke it and let's see. Because I had to know where these seeds really worth bringing back. And, um, and so we, you know, we went to the chow hall, we, we got a Granny Smith apple, we snuck it out of the chow hall, back to the hooch, made our own little homemade bong out of it, went outside, um, hiding by the HESCO, uh, sand, you know, the big HESCOs, um, you know, so the one eye wouldn't see us, you know, cause it was infrared at night. It was about midnight and we're out there smoking this thing, eating half of it, trying to smoke through this fucking apple. And, uh, we go back in the hooch and we're sitting in my buddy's room. And maybe about 10 minutes later, my buddy, Matt, who, um, he's kind of bow-legged because he's, uh, he kind of, his legs are, his knees are all fucked up. And, um, and he goes to stand up out of a chair and the chair slipped and he fell on the floor. And I look over and I'm like, you know, dude, are you okay? And he looks up at me off the floor with the biggest smile on his face, man. And just said, dude, I can't feel my legs. And just started laughing his ass off. And then I started <laughs> laughing. And then my buddy, and I looked at my buddy, Mike, who's laying on the, on his bed and he's sitting there laying kind of sideways looking at me. He's like, dude, I feel, I feel like I'm floating in the air right now. And I said, holy shit. And then all of a sudden it just hit me. And it went from my feet all the way up to my, my head. My tongue got numb. And it just hit me. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. And I was completely pain-free. My back wasn't hurting anymore. My neck wasn't hurting anymore. Um, and all the missions that we've been through and all the crap and all the stuff that I've seen, and all the death and the destruction and missing my family and missing my daughter and everything else, all that was gone. And uh, the mission that we had to do tomorrow and all the crap we had to deal with in the next day and the next week and all that other shit didn't, wasn't thinking about it. And I realized it's kind of like what Buddha says that when you're truly awake is when you're in the moment, a hundred percent in the moment right now. And that's what it was like. It was like, we were completely in the moment and we sat there and laughed and had a, the best time ever for like just hours after that. And, and I sat there while I'm sitting there with these guys and, and, and all the pain was gone and all the worry and the content and the, all that bullshit was gone. And I realized, I said, you know, if, if this isn't medicine, then I'm not a medic because this is, this is the best thing that we've, we've, that's happened to us in a long time. And so it was amazing. And, and I, then I realized right there, I've got to get these seats back. I've got to do something with them because if this can do this for us, what else, what it could do for other veterans? and other people, you know, so I, and I went through some other things too. You know, I actually grew a few seeds in my room out of some Dixie cups and just water and dirt to see if they pop and they all popped. And I realized, man, they're strong as hell. So I had, so I just had this, 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 another epiphany. And I realized that 
you know, that I had to do whatever I could to get this medicine back and develop it and see what comes comes out of this. Because if I can help, if I can help veterans back home with something like this, then that's just the next evolution of, of, of what I can do. And, and that's really why I risked life and limb and everything to, to get these genetics back. But it was, you know, as a medic, I just realized that, that there's nothing better than that. And not only that, but just, it was like not just days, but even weeks after that, you know, we, we were like on a, on a, we felt great. You know, we felt like we connected. We felt like we, we, we had an, a moment of, of clarity, you know, instead of just being all haggard and ripped up, you know, like our minds cleared up and we, 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 we communicated better. We, you know, the missions were better on our missions, you know, and, and my back pain was gone for days after that. So it was just, it, it just, it lingered even better, you know, and it, and that lingering even and, uh, helped us out. And so, you know, and then that's why we all decided even as a team, like, you know, I've been the one taking the risk, but we all decided it was worth it. And then, so we really made a team decision that, yeah, you know, if you're going to risk your life to do this and get it back, then, then I think it's a good idea. So that's why we did, that's why I did what I did. Well, good thing that you did. Uh, it sounds yeah, like it's, it's, uh, you know, really special genetics. How have, uh, things been received, you know, amongst the people that you're working with that are actually growing it. And then, you know, obviously the people that are trying it as it, gets finished like what is the journal consensus right now um like i said we've been doing these grow journals um on this forum and um and seeing pictures and sharing the knowledge of, of everything you know and some guys are actually going out of their way to even test it and 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 so far it's been great i mean the the the, the strength alone i mean the branches are thicker than most any branch that you've ever come across they're thicker and stronger than that um, the, the pest, uh, the very, very resistant to pests, very extremely resistant to mold. Um, the, the buds are fat, the, 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 and just like a, a true, um, you know, especially coming from 8,000 feet, you know, they're, they're very short, they're very stocky. Um, the nodes are very, very, very tight. Like you can almost can't even see, there's hardly any space between the nodes at all. So the buds are wow. very fat and very thick. And so it's, it's like, so the, the consensus so far, and they ha- and they and if you ever read up on Afghan land race like Skunk One and stuff, or the Bazaar Sharif, um, it says that a lot of true Afghan is really just very earthy uh, smell, you know, a very kind of earthy, skunky kind of smell, and that's exactly what these are. So, uh, but the buds are very very fat, um, and the resin is coming out. We're, we're we're trying to push that resin to come out even more. Um, I've got guys growing it in hydro. I've got guys growing it in soil. I've got guys growing it in organic homemade uh, soil that they do themselves with the worm composting and on the whole nine yards. So, so that's really why I've, I've been trying to get these genetics out to see what's the best way to grow this stuff and where, what's, what are we pulling out of it? And so far the consensus, everybody's been very happy, very excited to grow these, uh, very privileged, you know, Hey, thank you for, for allowing, allowing me to, to grow this. And, and so far, I mean, I've got guys already talking about, I can't wait to mix it with it. Like I said, the, the GG4, the Gorilla Glue 4, I mean, somebody's uh, ready to mix that with. There's an auto number two out of Colorado that, that I know Ben Holmes has uh, developed that I want to uh, grow this with too. And we can even develop, you know, we can go in both ways since it's a, mostly at a one-to-one ratio. We can go either way, CBD or THC. And so, to, I mean, think about the, 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 it's endless. The possibilities of what we can do with this is endless and what we can mix it with. So it's, everybody's excited to work with this. And it's been, it, and so the, the feedback has been amazing. And I've been very happy with it so far. That's excellent. Uh, the auto two strain is really popular uh, that you just mentioned. I, I found it yeah, to be actually, pretty enjoyable myself. 
yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. I mean, I know Ben Holmes. I had a good conversation with him when I first came home and, and was looking for someone to grow the Swift, or at least you know talked to him about you know growing a high CBD strain. And he's been doing that auto number two for quite a while, and and he's developed. I mean, he's actually in line to he's actually already um, put a patent in for the auto number two. And if and once we it goes to, and once it gets descheduled, he'll be probably one of the first people to actually besides the government to patent a cannabis plant. So. You know, I'm all for, 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 you know, if he wants to do that. But for me, it's, you know, to take, like, the auto number two and to, help, and to mix it with this and to, you know, and then backbreed it again uh, would be amazing, you know, because I really want to really develop more of a high CBD strain um, for, because there's so many opportunities about that. But we can also go, you know, a good high THC strain as well. I mean, I would even love to, to, to breed it into hemp if we could. Because it's so strong and so stocky and so um, thick and, and it grows and it's and it's just like an indica man eight weeks and it's done you know eight weeks of flower it's done so I mean so it could be it would be a really good hemp plant as well so there there's so many opportunities with this strain that that's why I'm trying to uh, develop it and get the the knowledge out and, and to get people uh, talking about it and it's been great because I've been getting so many people such as yourself and other people. Uh, in the industry that want to know more about the story, know more about what you know, um, you know what we can do with it in the future of, of this land race strain, and, and uh, so far the future is looking really good, really good. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see some genetics like that and strains down here in Florida. Since the last time we spoke, yeah. our program has, you know, slowly but surely lurched ahead. Um, we have plenty of patients coming into the program, but. You know, still don't have whole flower. Uh, that hopefully we'll get in 2019. We still have dispensary caps, so companies can only open so many dispensaries, and they've only awarded 14 licenses. So there's a big bottleneck there. But the, you know, the industry is moving ahead, and land race genetics like this be really, really good for the veteran community. We have about one point five or 1.6 million veterans in Florida. And, you know, a lot of them are dealing with, you know, some type of post-traumatic issues or, you know, combat injuries. Um, and we can definitely, yeah, that's, definitely help. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I talked to you when I was at the last cannabis cup in Michigan, um, I don't know if you remember that one big rally that they did in front of the white house where they had that giant inflatable joint. Oh yeah, where they're carrying it for the White House. Well, I, I met the guy that actually did that, that actually started that, and he was he filled me in and said, "Listen, he goes, um, he goes right now. There's documentation of I think he said eight veterans in the, and I, I can't remember where, maybe all over the country, I'm not sure where, but there are eight documented veterans that actually can show on their um, from the VA that it says on their medical records that it that that the doctor recommends cannabis for PTS, and not only that, but we know the government grows it." The government's been growing it. I mean, I met Ellie. I'm sure. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. You know, a little sure, little older lady that's that that's been getting a can of cannabis, or you know, pre-rolled for for decades from the government, and other people are getting it too. So the government grows it. The government recognizes that it that it's medicinal, um, and they've been giving and they've been you know prescribing it to people, and they grow it. I mean, what the fuck? You know, I mean, it's it's, it's insane. You know, so. I mean, but we all understand. I mean, I understand, you know, the, the pros and cons of legalization. I understand how big corporate wants to get their hands wrapped around it one way or another. And so, I mean, that's a whole other story. But for me, 
I want the VA to recognize, openly recognize that, yes, it should be for veterans. It should be, it, that's a minimum they can do is start doing that. And the government should, um, should supply that, you know, they should, you know, it's the least they could do, you know what I mean? And, and so the, and the veteran right now, the veteran movement is huge. I mean, they have the biggest, strongest voice in the country right now, you know? And so that's why the vet, that's why the veteran movement has been so good for, for cannabis legalization is because they're the ones that, that people are listening to. You know, they're the ones that are helping, helping change, not just the people like, you know, that have been doing this for so long. We started out talking, but, but these guys have been saying, Hey, nothing works for me. Now I'm getting, it's a gateway drug to get off of all the other drugs, which I've seen as a medic. I've seen it a hundred million times already. I mean, you know, you know, exaggerated, but I've seen it so much now that how um, so many guys have gotten off opioids and gotten off all the bullshit drugs and gotten off their psychotropic drugs because of cannabis. And it's changed your lives around. I've seen it. I've witnessed it hundreds of times now to all the people that I've talked to that, that has contacted me through Facebook. I've had wives call me, mothers call me and contact me through Facebook and stuff and just saying, Hey, this is working. I want my story to get out. I want you to know that, that you are doing the right thing. And so, um, and so, you know, just keep listening because those veterans know what the hell they're talking about. They really do. And I really hope that the government, um, you know, cause I, I know, I mean, in my personal opinion, you know, the FDA is owned, and so, and but once this happens, once it's it's truly recognized and and and, and they make the right move, um, veterans are gonna are gonna really uh, benefit from this. And it's and and I'm and I'm looking and I hope that it happens in my lifetime. You know, I really do because this is gonna be amazing. You know, and again, developing strains. I mean, imagine now developing strains directly for PTS related symptoms, and and you can actually say, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I met. Um, I met Dr. Greenspoon uh, not too long ago, a few years ago, when I was doing a conference in, I think it was Philadelphia, and, uh, and, and I was talking to him, and Sue Sicily was there, and they were talking about how, yeah, I get the whole THC, CBD thing, you know, you, you want one or the other, but it's like, but what really people should understand is what about the ratio? What ratio works for you? Are you a 60-40 THC to CBD? Are you, you know, a 90-10, you know, or, you know, whatever? So people need to start recognizing that it's not just the strain, but it's the actual of content and, and, and how much cannabinoids are in it. Learn your cannabinoids. Learn about your endocannabinoid system. Learn all that stuff and understand it. And then that way, then it's like you know, instead of saying, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, 50 milligrams of Vicodin works for me," it's like, "Oh, guess what? You know, this, uh, you know, this plant that's a 60-40 ratio that you know that has a THC to CBD ratio. That's what really works for me." And you can go into a dispensary and say, you know, or whatever, and say, "Hey, this is a type of of, of ratio to ratio that really works for me." And that'll help your bud tenders understand more about what you're looking for instead of just, oh, I want some, some, you know, some white widow. And it's like, well, hey, we've got 10 different white widows here. You know, I mean, which one? Because they're all different. So learn more about the, the, the ratio and understanding more about the, the you know, your uh, receptors, your, your, your ones and your twos and understand really what works for you. Because your body is a science project, right? This is the medic part of me coming out right now, but that's, <laughs> it, your body is a science project. So it's. You do have to experiment, just like aspirin, just like Tylenol. How much Tylenol works for me? How much aspirin works for me? Motrin might work for you, but it might not work for me. What do you, and you don't know until you try it. But at least when you educate yourself and you talk to the right people and you got good bud tenders and good people that you're getting it from to know what you're talking about and know what you're asking for, they can help you dial into that more. You know, and that's the next evolution of, of, of this cannabis is once it does go legal, once we understand it more, then, then, you know, then you're going to start understanding, okay, well, then let's find out really what works for me you know, as a science project, you know, and that's really the next level of where this is going. And, and, 
So I think that I'm, I'm hoping that once they do that, then that'll even help veterans even, you know, dial in more, you know, Hey, I've got this, my PTS, but also with my back pain or my knee pain or this or that, this is the type of cannabis and the ratio that's, that best works for me. And so that's the next evolution. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure. This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Register today using promo code CannabisRadio20 to take 20% off at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint Cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. You know, you mentioned the federal cannabis patient. I have a friend down here in Florida, Mr. Irvin Rosenfeld, and he's another federal cannabis patient, and he gets one of those um, tins filled with 300 joints a month, and I think he's been getting it since like the 70s or something. It's been well over, yeah, you know, many decades. And, they, and then, it's insane how how yeah, and I get that. It's insane how the government's been prescribing it, but then they say it has no medicinal value. You know, and it's, I mean, I say the government because, I mean, that's a very broad term, you right. know, it's the FDA, but we all know the FDA is owned. They're owned by Big Pharma. And once Big Pharma has their, their grip, and I'm going to be, you know, you know, be that person, but once they have their grip around it and, and big corporations have their grip around it, you know, we know that, you know, there's a beer company now that's put a hundred million dollars into some cannabis thing. We know that Marlboro is trying to get a hold of it and put money into it and stuff. Once those companies get their hands wrapped around it, then it's going to be deschedulized. That's what's going to happen, okay? Because because the FDA is owned. That's why all this new shit's coming out. You know, um, you know, like Johnson and Johnson with baby towel powder. It has asbestos in it. And the FDA they've been hiding this shit. The FDA knew this, but they still let it go. Why? Because money fills. Money is what what unfortunately money is is, is what it's all about. That's why you know the, you know that I truly believe it's patience over profit. But unfortunately, so far it's only been profit and. Once that happens and it gets turned around, but the government should recognize that first. They, they should at least recognize it for veterans, and and it's going to come. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of it's just a matter of time. You know, it's, it's a waiting period. You know, you know, you know how the military is to hurry up and wait. So we're already sure. into that. And the the veteran movement is strong right now. A really good friend of mine, Jose Belen, you know, he's suing the federal government. Uh, just had another hearing 
in the Southern District of New York a couple weeks ago, and they haven't dismissed the lawsuit yet. So it's continuing to progress, and they're trying to get it ruled unconstitutional that it's part of the Controlled Substances Act. Um, you mentioned something earlier, and I really want to highlight on this, and it was about the ratios. And we see this um, advance in cannabis medicine happening. Um, more companies are putting out ratios. And, you know, for me, my, my personal favorite and what I think has worked the best for me with my PTS and uh, different mental health issues, anxiety, depression, and, and also with my back has been right around an 8 to 1 ratio of THC to CBD. Like just enough CBD to where the THC isn't very psychoactive and enough to kind of release the muscle spasms. And I really like the 1 to 1. But for me, everyday use, the 8 to 1 has been the best. Um, but a 1 to 1 is good too. And I think we'll see more more ratios come out and people learn more about that because there it's just provides different levels of therapeutic effects and benefits depending on the ratio you have. And I, I would even say that, you know, I, a lot of times I like strain specific stuff, but then other times I do want additional CBD. One of my favorite flowers in Florida right now is actually a flower put out by True Leaf. It's Harlequin crossed with Granddaddy Furp. And it's almost a perfect one-to-one, oh, nice. -one, which is similar to your genetics, except for yours is made that way is what it sounds like from, from Mother Earth and not, you know, a cross. So those crosses will be, that you're going to be working on will be really awesome. I know of a few genetics that could probably help with the resin production. Um, that Gorilla Glue definitely would be a good one. That's one of my favorite strains. Yeah, that's amazing. I love hearing that. You know, I love the fact that, you know, and that's something that maybe you could find somebody that has more, you know, um, education stuff that maybe you could do a show on that is to say, hey, you know, I mean, you know, I get it. You know, every, everything, and, and it's funny because um, they even said at the conference, they said, you know, we, we, we get that, that everything is about names, you know, and it's, it's awesome. But, you know, you have a granddaddy perp, but you have it grown all over the place. I mean, it's, it can come out all kinds of different ratios and different ways. You understand the variables. They're, they're huge. But at least if you can help yourself dial in, like for, and not only that, but it's like, Hey, you know, in the morning, you know, I'm good with a, you know, like with a higher THC, like a, you know, like a 70, 30, but then, you know, later on when I get home from work and stuff and I feel like I need something and I'm, and I'm working all day, I'm hurting, I need my brain to, to relax. You know, I like more of like a 60, 40 or even a 50, 50, you know, but then when I go to bed, you know, then I really like something higher, like maybe a, you know, a 1090, you know, high CBD to help me sleep good and, and, and everything else. So, you know, so it's even different parts of the day and different, you know, um, ailments, you know, like, you know, Hey, when I might, I'm really depressed and things are really hurting, you know, in my head and, and I can't get my head together, you know, a higher CBD, you know, like a, like, a, like I said, like a, a 70, 30 or a 80, 20 is what really works for me, you know, as a CBD to THC ratio. And so, you know, so that again will help you dial in more to what works best for you and, and what for what ailments and maybe even what time of day. Um, and and so again, there's so many variables, but once you educate yourself and really learn about it, it's like okay, I get there's 20 different white widows out there, but I like the white widow that does this and this because I like the flavor, I like the taste, but I also like this ratio that works for me best. You know, and that's that's the next. Like I said, that's the evolution of what's coming next. Um, and if people take their health seriously and you should know what you're putting into your body, then you, then understand it. You know, that's why I mean, it's like, you know, if you're going to get something from a dispensary, make sure it have, it's tested. 
and that and you see it, yeah, you know, this this you know, this Pineapple Express is a you know, it's an eighty twenty and 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 I love the fact that, that I can use it in the morning and it makes me uh, and I can operate all day on it, and, and, and I'm really happy with this, and, and, and I can function perfectly on it. Um, then yeah, then that's that's you know that's something that you would look forward to, you know. And, and, and so always know that your stuff's tested. Always understand what you're taking, uh, and take your health seriously. And, and but but honestly, I mean, I, I've seen it comment. I've seen what it's done to people for so many times. I'm sure you've seen it too. That that this is the the next evolution, and this is the stuff that's going to help you know just like the gold rush or just like the technology change, you know, in our, in our, in our, you know, in our history, this is the next huge uh, jump in evolution, you know, in, in our, in our, in our, in human evolution is cannabis, getting reintroducing it back into our systems again, getting it back into our diets again. You know, people are going to, I know people that are juicing it, that are doing the oil, you know, and everything. And it's, it's, it's made a huge difference in their lives. So the benefits from a plant like this is, is a hundredfold. And, and I cannot wait to see, where it's going to go to next. Oh, absolutely. Uh, juicing is becoming very, very popular. And that's why with Regulate Florida, which is our adult use petition that we have circulating in Florida, uh, you know, we don't put a limit on the, the vegetative plants. And it's, that's, you know, something that the, a lot of patients with Crohn's and different types of GI issues, they do really well with. And I also believe that you know, like you're saying, this next evolution, especially with um, learning more about our endocannabinoid system and how food, using cannabis as a food can help, especially ingesting the the acid, the THCA version, you know, the non-psychoactive component, which you get through juicing is going to, I believe, prove to be very, very beneficial. It's huge, you know, it, it, and, and once people, once people really understand that, the stigma is changing. It really is, you know, I mean, you, know, you do have these, 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 you know, um, you know, these, these celebrities and athletes and stuff that are coming out and I get that, you know, um, but when you're really listening to people, you know, frontline, you know, as far as like I said, veterans or people that have been using this for quite a while, um, like your buddy, you know, that's been getting it for decades now, or like Ellie that's been getting it and, and helping her. And it's, it's, it's amazing, um, that the stigma is changing and that, uh, you know, and that people are really starting to recognize it. Um, when I was, when I first got home, even my own family was ridiculing me, you know, because, you know, oh, you know, because they weren't, they were brainwashing that stigma. They weren't, and it's not, it's not just about, it's not about being stupid or anything, just being ignorant to the true education of it. And, but once they were educated, once I started to really show them the proof and all that, even they started changing and and everything, you know, uh, uh, really started to make more sense, um, and, but now we're seeing it happen. Now we're seeing the stories coming out daily. I mean, I'm, I'm trying, I share stuff all the time on my Facebook page and my strains of war page all the time about the new education, new stuff coming out and even judges. I mean, it, even right. I just read today that, um, that they're starting to recognize, uh, cannabis, um, for, uh, you know, for, for employment, you know, I mean, how can you go to, go to a job and be on Ativan or be on Vicodin or Darvacet or Laura tabs or, you know, or, or a shitload of nicotine or, or, you know, whatever. And, and that's okay. But, but you can't have cannabis in your system, you know, and, and that, sense. and that start and the courts are starting to recognize that. And so it's starting to come out like that, you know, that they're recognizing it from, I mean, I get it. The individual employment, if it says, you know, you can't be on cannabis, you can't be on opioids or anything else. And I get that that's their own personal thing, but, um, but you, but they're starting to write, I've seen it. I just read it today that there, there, there's a, a couple of people that have had where they were fired. 
because um, they had cannabis in their system. Like say, like I think something happened at work, they had cannabis in their system. But the thing is, just because you have in your system doesn't mean you were high at the time the incident happened, you know, because it stays in your system for so long. And they're recognizing that. And so those, those, uh, those were overturned and they got their jobs back because of it. And, and I was like, that's awesome. Again, those are those little steps and those little things. Judges are starting to recognize it. Juries are starting to understand it more. So it's, it's happening, man. This is, the, this is the next big thing, and, and I'm very, very happy to see how we're, the direction it's going. I just wish it happened faster. Yeah, absolutely, because it's definitely happened. You can see the momentum picking up, but as it's happening, more people are becoming comfortable to talk about their stories, and you realize how widespread the problem is and how easily it could be changed if, you know, just a few strokes of the pen and some new language in our legislation uh, at the federal and, you know, state levels around the country, because we're, we're behind the times now in, in America, our neighbors up yeah, north are. and to the south of us both have medical programs and our neighbors up north have a recreational program. And we need to have that. We shouldn't be sending our jobs and uh, our money up into Canada. You know, these companies in the U.S. are having to actually raise capital in Canada because they can't list on the American stock exchanges. And to add insult to injury, Canadian companies, Canada's companies like Tilray and Kronos Group, they've been allowed to list on the NASDAQ, but not American companies. And it's just, you know, we're so close and we're going to get there in large part because of people like you that continue to raise awareness to this. And I really appreciate what you're doing for the veteran community. Uh, we, we need strong voices like yours to not only push things forward, but also educate our other brothers and sisters because, you know, veterans are stubborn. And a lot of times we only want to believe or listen to other veterans for good and worse. And that's why it's great to see veteran voices coming out and speaking about this, I uh, yeah, I mean, met an officer oh, the other day that was talking about it. And, you know, once once the officers start talking about it more, too, then I think we'll see a big cultural shift within the entire community, both uh, enli enlisted officers and uh, active and veteran. Yeah, I mean, that, that's it. We are. We're ready for a paradigm shift, and it needs to happen. I mean, a couple things. The reason why a lot of veterans are... Still, you know, I think a lot of veterans that are still afraid or not, I don't want to use the word afraid, but they're still kind of hesitant and, and everything is because because the, they're afraid of the VA. The VA, oh, if you're just cannabis in your system, we're going to cut you off from all your benefits. I mean, that, I mean, so many veterans tell me, oh, I'd love to try cannabis. I'd love to try to use it to get off all these other drugs. But if the VA finds cannabis in my system, they're going to cut me off from everything. You know, it's a, it's a, they're threatened. Where veterans are literally threatened from taking, from taking their own uh, their own life and their own um, uh, health into consideration because they're afraid of what the VA might do to them. It's that's, disgusting. That's correct. And not only that, but also the, the only other way to make that paradigm shift happen is, is not just educate each other, uh, you know, as far as adults, but start talking to your kids. Start telling them about it. The only way to change and to really do it is to start telling, teaching your kids about it. There are books written for kids now to help you talk to your kids more about what cannabis is about. Teaching them Start out slow. Hey, what's the endocannabinoid system? You know, I mean, you, there's a 101 for little kids that you can even teach them on. You know, and then everybody's like, oh, I'm afraid my kid's going to grow up and be high, get high all the time. Like, yeah, well, how long is alcohol been legal for? 
You know, I mean, how many times do people drink around their kids? You know, their kids see it on, on the side of a bus or on a billboard or in a commercial or in a movie all the time, but they're afraid to talk to their kids about something that, that they can't even harm them. It blows my mind. That's the stigma. And the only way well, to yeah, do it, people are, I mean, people are afraid, really afraid. Um, r- yeah. Real quick, I just wanted to um, point something out. The, the veterans are very, very afraid that they're going to lose their benefits, but uh, did you know that the VA actually updated their website uh, about their medical marijuana policy? And now the VA... Yeah, there's. I'm gonna have a link to it in the description. It was, uh, I believe, it was this past year that it happened. But they updated it to say that if you're participating in a state-sanctioned medical marijuana program, that you won't lose your benefits. And they actually um, said that they would like document it in your chart and stuff. So I just wanted to make sure to put that out there. And any veterans, if you are still, you know having issues with your doctors or, you know, threatening you or any of, you know, the people in your veteran benefits chain of command threatening you, um, reference this link I'm sending you. It's directly from the VA website because a lot of times even though directives come down from the top, it doesn't mean they get implemented at all the local levels. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I'm so glad you said that, man. I mean, that's actually awesome news. And I think I've been, I've been, um, cause I, I actually stopped going to the VA a while ago cause I just, I just, I've lost all interest in them, but, but, like uh, a lot but of people have, I don't blame you. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, for me, it's, you know, use the VA if you absolutely have to, but, um, but, but it's good that, that there, so the thing is, it's funny. So the VA, even the VA, the government owned VA is recognizing the benefits of cannabis, but yet it's still schedule one drug because it has no medicinal value per the FDA. So it's like the, the so it's like the the, hip, the hypocrisy is just it's staggering. It's absolutely staggering. Oh, it, it's horrible. <laughs> but we're yeah. gonna we're gonna bust through this glass ceiling known as prohibition, and one day be on the other side of it. I'm very grateful to uh, you know be at this moment in time and be able to play a role in helping craft some of the local you know, policies in Florida and, you know, have some influence in politicians. Because listen, folks, if you call and you talk to your politicians, they listen. And not many people actually take the time to do so. So it's really easy to become a familiar face to them and they, and they will listen. And it does, it does help influence their decision making, especially if they hear a cohesive voice um, asking for things. Uh, Gate, I'm... I'm going to wrap it up. We're about about an hour into it, and I had no clue we've been talking that long. This has been awesome. I really appreciate your time. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's, I've been trying to be a voice, just like you. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're both in it for the right reasons and just trying to be a voice, and, and there's so much to talk about, so much to, you know, that's on the plate that, that uh, you know, for me, dude, I could talk about it, you know, for days, you know, because I'm just, it's changed my life, and it's, I've seen it change so many other lives, and so, you know, just, just, you know, turn around on you again, you know, just I'm very happy for what you're doing. Keep up the fucking good, great work down in Florida and, and abroad and, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep these podcasts going. Um, and anything else that I can help uh, support you with, just give, give me a ring, man. Give me a call. Let me know. I sure will, brother. I appreciate all the uh, kind words and, you know, likewise with what you're doing. It 
definitely takes a community of us and and the more of us that continue to speak up about it the more that we'll lose that fear and come out and just a snowball effect um absolutely man yeah <laughs> roger that the opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.